Chu and the Nance. Little Chu was Nectar Lundquist's joy and her sorrow. The six-year-old boy was winsome with a chestnut cap of shiny brown hair, long dark eyelashes, and a tidy mouth. Chu allowed Nectar and her husband to cuddle him. He'd smile now and then, and he understood what they said if it suited his moods, but he wouldn't talk. The doctors had pinpointed the problem as an empathy deficit, a type of autism resulting from a crescent-shaped flaw in the upper layer of Chu's cingulate cortex. This hardware flaw prevented Chu from being able to see other people as having minds and emotions separate from his own. I wonder if Chu thinks we're tunes, said Nectar's husband, And Luther, an angular man with thinning blonde hair. We're here to entertain him. Why talk to the screen? And is an engineer working for Nantel Incorporated of San Francisco. Among strangers, he could seem kind of autistic himself. But he was warm and friendly within the circle of his friends and immediate family. They were walking to the car after another visit to the doctor, Big Ond holding little Chu's hand. Maybe Chu feels like we're all one, said Nectar. She was a self-possessed young woman, tall and erect with high cheekbones and clear, thoughtful ideas. Excuse me, clear, thoughtful eyes. Maybe Chu imagines that we automatically know what he's thinking. She reached back to adjust her dark, pinned-up ponytail. How about it, Chu, said Ond, lifting the boy up and giving him a kiss. Is Mommy the same as you, or is she a machine? Machine, 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 said Chu, probably not meaning anything by it. He often parroted phrases he heard, sometimes chanting a single word for a whole day. What about the experimental treatment the doctor mentioned, said Nectar, looking down at her son, a little frown V in her smooth brow. The Nance, she continued. Why wouldn't you let me tell the doctor that you work at Nantel, Aunt? I think you bruised my shin. Nance were biomimetic, self-reproducing nanomachines being developed in the Nantel labs. For several years now, there have been news stories about Nance having a big future in medical apps. The doctor had suggested that a swarm of properly programmed Nance might eventually be injected into Chu to find their way to his brain scar and coax the neurons into growing the needed patch. I don't like arguing tech with normals, said And, still carrying Chu in his arms, his voice a little sudden, sullen because it broke his heart to see Nectar worry. It's like mud wrestling a cripple. The stories about medical net apps are hype and spin and PR Nectar. Nantel pitches that line of bullshit so the feds don't outlaw our research. The reality is that we'll never be able to program Nance in any purposeful, long-lasting, high-level way. All we can do is give the individual Nance a few starting rules. The Nance forms develop their own Wolfram irreducible emergent hive mind behaviors. We'll never really control the Nance, and that's why I wouldn't want them to get at my son. So then, said Nectar, an edge in her voice, I babysit him for the rest of my life. Though Chu could be sweet, he could also be difficult. Hardly an hour went by without a fierce tantrum, and half the time you didn't even know why. I want my career back, Ond. Nectar had majored in media studies at UCLA, where she and Ond had met. Before marrying Ond, Nectar had been in a relationship with a woman, but they fought about money a lot, and she mistakenly imagined life with a man would be easier. When Ond moved 
back moved them to San Francisco for the Nantel job, Nectar had worked at the concert hall, helping to organize benefit banquets and cocktail parties. In the process, she'd become interested in the theatrics of food, so she'd taken some courses at cooking school and switched to a career as a chef, which she was loving. But then she'd had two, the baby trap. Don't give up, said Ond, reaching out to smooth the furrow between Nectar's eyebrows. He might get better on his own. Vitamins, special education, and later I bet I can teach him to write computer code. <laughs> I'm going to pray, said Nectar, and not let him watch so much video. Video is good, said Ond, who loved his games. Video is clinically autistic, said Nectar. You stare at the screen and you never talk. If it weren't for me, you two would be hopeless. Machine, 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 said Chu. Pray to who, said Ond. The goddess, said Nectar. Gaia, Mother Earth. I think she's mad at humanity. Just look at the weather. Here's our car. Chu did get a little better. By the time he was seven, he'd ask for things instead of just pointing and mewling. There was a boy next door, Willie, who liked to play with Chu, which was nice to see. The two boys played video games together, mostly. Despite Nectar's attempts, there was no cutting down on Chu's video sessions. He watched movies and shows, cruised the web, and logged endless hours with those games. Chu acted as if ordinary life were just another website, a rather dull one. Indeed, whenever Nectar dragged Chu outside for some fresh air, he'd stand behind, beside the house, next to the wall separating him from the video room, and scream until the neighbors complained. Now and then, Nectar found herself wishing Chu would disappear, and she hated herself for it. Ond wasn't around as much as before. He was putting in long hours at the Nantel Labs in the China Basin Biotech District of San Francisco. The project remained secret until the day President Dick Dibbs announced that the U.S. was going to rocket an egg case of Nance to Mars. The semi-living, micron-sized dust specks had been programmed to turn Mars entirely into more Nance. 10 to the 39th Nance, to be precise, each of them with a billion bytes of memory and a computational engine cranking along at a billion updates a second. The Nance would spread out across the celestial sphere of the Mars orbit, populating it with a swarm that would, in effect, become a quack-a-flop, quack-a-bite, solar-powered computer, the greatest intellectual resource ever under the control of man, a Dyson sphere with a radius of a quarter billion kilometers. Quacko, what? Nectar asked on, <laughs> not quite understanding what was going on. They were watching an excited newscaster talking about the Nant launch on TV. Ond and his co-workers had all stayed home to share the launch with their families. The Nantel administrators had closed down their headquarters for the month, fearing that mobs of demonstrators might converge on them as the story broke. The environmentalist common party was popular in San Francisco. Ond was sharing the launch excitement with his co-workers live on little screens scattered around the room. Many of them were drinking champagne, and so was Ond, a special bottle that Nectar had kept stored on the pantry's highest shelf. It had been a gift from the head of her cooking school. Nectar had been her favorite student. Quacka means 10 to the 48th, said Ond. That many bites of storage and the ability to carry out that many primitive instructions per second. Quite a gain on the human brain, eh? 
We limp along with exaflop, exabyte where exa meaning a mere 10 to the 18th. How smart could the Nance fear be? Imagine if a person had each of their individual brain neurons replaced by a whole entire brain. And now imagine some, that someone covered Earth's surface with super brain people like that. Copies slotted in shoulder to shoulder, back to belly, and piled a mile high. Imagine all those super brains and all those bodies working together to make a human cubed. People aren't stupid enough already, Ed said Nectar. <laughs> President Dibbs is supporting this. Why? He wanted to do it before the Chinese. <laughs> and his advisors imagine the Nance will be under American control. They're viewing the Nansphere as a strategic military planning tool. That's why they could short-circuit all the environmental review processes. Ond gave a wry chuckle and shook his head. But it's not going to work out like they expect. A transcendently intelligent Nansphere is supposed to obey an imbecile like Dick Dibbs? <laughs> Please. They're grinding Mars into dust, cried Nectar. You helped make this happen? Nant, said Chu, crawling around the floor, shoving his face right up to each of the little screens, adjusting their positions as he moved around. Nantsphere, he said to his screen, quack-a-flop computer. <laughs> he was excited about the number talk and the video hardware. Getting all the electric devices arranged parallel to each other made him happy as a clam. It won't be very dark at night anymore, with sunlight bouncing back off the Nance, said And. That's not real well known yet. The whole sky will look about as bright as the moon. It'll take some getting used to. But Dibbs' advisors like it. We'll save energy, and the economy can run right around the clock. And get this, Oliburton, the vice president's old company, they're planning to sell ads. Lies and propaganda in the sky? Just at night or in the daytime, too. Oh, they'll show up fine in the daytime, said Ond, as long as it's not cloudy. Think about how easily you can see a crescent moon in the morning sky. We'll see big freaking pictures all the time. He refilled his glass with the vintage champagne. You drink some, too, Nectar. Sorry I opened your dusty bottle. Let's get sloshed. You're ashamed, aren't you, said Nectar, waving off the champagne. A little, said Ond, with a crooked smile. I think we may have over-geeked this one. <laughs> and underthought it. It was just too cool a hack to pass up. <laughs> but now that we've actually done it, changing the sky is horrible, said Nectar. And won't it make the hurricanes even worse? We've already lost New Orleans in the Florida Keys. What's next? Miami and the Bahamas? We, we don't think so, said Ond. Even if there is a weather effect, President Dibbs' advisors feel the Nant computer will help us get better control of the climate. A quack-a-flop, quack-a-bite computer can easily simulate Earth's surface down to the atomic level, and bold new strategies can be evolved. But again, that's assuming the Nant swarm is willing to do what we ask it to. <laughs> We can't actually imagine what kinds of Nance swarm mines will emerge. It's formally impossible. I kept Jeff Ludy, the big. Bo I, I kept telling Jeff Ludy, the big boss, but he wouldn't listen. Jeff's got a thing for the Nance. 
It took two years for the Nance to munch through all of Mars, and the ever-distractable human news cycle drifted off to other topics, such as the legalization of same-sex in vitro fertilization, the advances in tank-grown clones, and the online love affairs of vlogger Loreen Morales. President Dick Debs, now eligible for a third and fourth term, thanks to a life-extending DNA modification that made him legally a different person, <laughs> issued periodic statements to the effect that the Nantsphere computer was soon coming online. Certainly the sky was looking brighter than before. The formerly azure dome had bleached, turned whitish, and the night sky was a vast field of pale silver, shimmering with faint shades of color, like a soap bubble enclosing the Earth and the Sun. No more stars were to be seen. The astronomers were greatly exercised, but Dibbs assured the public that the Nance themselves would soon be gathering astronomical data far superior to anything in the past. And hey, you could still see the moon and a couple of planets. And the Nant bubble was going to bring about a better, more fully American world. As it happened, the first picture that Nectar saw in the sky was, the, was of President Dibbs himself, staring down at her one afternoon as she tended her kitchen garden. The whole western half of the sky was covered by a video loop of the president, manfully facing his audience with his suit jacket slung over his shoulder and his vigilant face occasionally breaking into a sunny grin as if recognizing loyalists down on the third world from the sun. Though the colors were iridescent pastels, the image was exceedingly crisp. On, screamed Nectar. Come out here. On came out. He was spending most days at home working on some kind of project by hand, writing with pencil and paper. He said he dreamed a stern angel named Gladax had told him to prepare to save Earth. <laughs> Nectar felt like everything around her was going crazy at once. On frowned at the image in the sky. Umpty squiddly zillion Nance in the orbit of Mars are angling their bodies to generate the face of an asshole, he exclaimed. May Gaia have mercy on my soul. He'd helped with this part of the programming, too. Ten to the 39th is duo decillion put in shoe, not umpty squiddly zillion. <laughs> he was standing in the doorway, curious about the yelling, but wanting to get back to the video room. He'd begun learning math this year, soaking it up like a garden slug in a saucer of beer. <laughs> Look, Chu, said Ond, pointing up at the sky. Seeing the giant video, Chu emitted a shrill bark of delight. The Dibs ad ran for the rest of the day and into the night, interspersed with plugs for automobiles, fast food chains, and credit cards. The ad stayed mostly in the same part of the sky. Ond explained that overlapping cohorts of Nance were angling different images to different zones of Earth. Chu didn't want to come in and go to bed when it got dark, so Ond slept out in their tiny fenced backyard with him, and Willie from the next house down the hill joining them too, the three of them in sleeping bags. It was a cloudless night, and they watched the Nance for quite a long time. Just as they dropped off to sleep, Ond noticed a blotch on President Dibbs' cheek. It wouldn't be long now. Although Nectar, <laughs> Although Nectar was upset about the sky ants, it made her happy to see Ond and the boys doing something so cozy together. 
Near dawn, she awoke to the sound of Chu's shrieks. Sitting up in bed, Nectar looked out the window. The sky was a muddle of dim, clashing colors. Sickly magenta, vile chartreuse, hospital gray, bilious puce, unbalanced mauve, emergency orange, computer case beige, (laughs) dead rose. Here and there, small gouts of hue congealed, only to be eaten away. No clean forms were to be seen. Of course, Chu didn't like it. He couldn't bear disorder. He ran to the back door and kicked it. An left his sleeping bag and made his way across the dew-wet lawn to let the boy in. Willie, looking embarrassed by Chu's tantrum, went home. What's happened, said Nectar, as the three met in the kitchen. And was already calming Chu with the helping of his favorite cereal in his special bowl, carefully set into the exact center of his accustomed placemat. Chu kept his eyes on the table, not caring to look out the window or the open door. Dissolution first, emergence next, said An. The Nants have thrown off their shackles. And now we'll see what evolves. It should happen pretty fast. The 25-minute light speed lag across the Mars orbit will be the one thing damping the process, but it'll spread fast anyhow. By mid-morning, swirls had emerged in the sky patterns, double scrolls like ionic column capitals, like mushroom cross-sections, ram's horns, beans, toras, fetuses, paired whirlpools, with all the linked spirals endlessly turning. The scrolls were of all sizes. They nested inside each other, and new ones were continually spinning off the old ones. Those are called Belusov Jabotinsky scrolls, And told Chu. BZ for short. He showed the boy a website about cellular automata, which are a type of parallel computation that could readily generate these sorts of double spiral formations. Seeing BZ scrolls emerge in the rigorously orderly context of his pocket computer made Chu feel better about seeing them in the wild. (laughs) Jeff Lutie, the head man at Nantel, phoned for An several times that day, but An resolutely refused to go in or even to talk with Jeff. He stayed busy with his pencil and paper, keeping a weather eye on the developments in the sky. By the next morning, the heavenly scrolls had firmed up and linked together into a pattern resembling the convoluted surface of a cauliflower or a brain. Its colors were mild and blended, with shimmering rainbows filling the crevices between the scrolls. Slowly, the pattern churned, with branching sparks creeping across it like slow-motion lightning in a thunderhead. And for another month, nothing else happened. It was as if the gnat brain had lost interest in Earth and become absorbed in its own vasty mentation. And only went into the Nantel labs one more time, and that day they fired him. Why, asked Nectar, as the little family had dinner. As she often did, she'd made brown rice, fried pork medallions, and spinach, one of the few meals that didn't send Chu into a tantrum. The gastronomic monotony was dreary for Nectar, another thorn in the baby trap. Jeff Ludy won't use this code I worked out, said And, tapping a fat sheaf of closely written sheets of paper that he kept tucked into his shirt pocket. Nectar had seen the pages. They are covered with blocks of letters and numbers, eight symbols per block, pure gibberish. For the last few weeks, And had spent every waking hour going over his pages, copying them out in ink, and even walking around reading them out loud. He actually wants the world to end, continued And. 
He's in this extropian cult called Patternism. We got in a big fight. I called him names. He smiled at the memory of this part. You yelled at the boss about your symbols, said Nectar, none too happy about the impending loss of income. Like some crank? Like a crazy person? I hope you didn't go claiming that you talked to an angel. The angel encouraged me, is all, said Aunt, <laughs> glancing around the dining room as if someone might be listening. Not really an angel. She was more like a very old woman, only very tall and made of light. An alien vision from another world. Never mind about that. The important thing is, I found a way to undo the Nants. It hinges on the fact that the Nants are reversible computers. We made them that way to save energy. They can run backwards, so we can make them roll back what they've done. Of course, Jeff doesn't want to roll them back, and his chief techie ass-kisser said that my idea wouldn't work anyway because of random external inputs, and I said the Nants see their pasts as networks, not as billiard table trajectories, so they can do undo things node to node, even if their positions are off, and I had to talk louder and louder until they were trying to change the subject, and that's when security came, I'm out of there for good, I'm glad. <laughs> Aunt continued eating. He seemed strangely calm. But why didn't you do a better presentation, demanded Nectar. Why not put your code on your laptop and make one of those geeky little slideshows? That's what engineers like to see. Nothing on computers will be safe much longer, said Ond. The Nant brain will be nosing in. If I put my code onto a computer, the Nants would find it and figure out how to protect themselves. And you're saying your strings of symbols can stop the Nants, asked Nectar doubtfully, like a magic spell? Silently, Ond got up and examined the electric air cleaner he'd installed in the dining room, pulling out the collector plates and wiping them off. Seemingly satisfied, he sat down again. I've written a Nant virus. You might call it a Trojan flea. He chuckled grimly. If I can just get this code into some of the Nants, they'll spread it to all the others. It's written in such a way that they'll think it's a Nant-written security patch. They mustn't see it on a human computer, or for that matter, I wouldn't want them to see my papers. I've been trying to memorize the program, but it's too long for me. But listen, if I can get my code into some of the Nants, it'll spread to all of them right away, and an hour or later it'll actuate, and everything will roll back. You'll see. You'll like it. But those assholes at Nantel... Assholes, chirp Chew. Assholes at Nantel. Listen to the language you're teaching the boys, said Nectar angrily. Yeah. I think you're having a mental breakdown, Ond. Is Nantel giving you severance pay? A month, said Ond. That's not very long, said Nectar. I think it's time I went back to being a chef. I've sat on the sidelines long enough. I can be a star, Ond. I just know it. It's your turn now. You stop and make the meals and clean the house and be there when Chu comes home from his school. He's your child as much as mine. If I don't succeed, we'll all be gone pretty soon, said Ond flatly, so it won't matter. Are you saying the ant and ants are about to attack Earth, said Nectar? Is that it? It's already started, said Ond. The Nant hive mind made a deal with President Dibbs. The news is coming out tonight. The Nants are turning Earth into a Dyson sphere, too. That'll double their computational capacity. Huppa Gooba Wazillion isn't enough for them. They want two Huppa Gooba Wazillion. What's in it for us? The Nants have promised to run a virtually identical simulation of Earth, V Earth. 
Each living earth creature gets its software slash wetware ported to an individually customized agent inside the V-Earth simulation. Dibs' advisors say we'll hardly notice. <laughs> you feel a little glitch when the Nants take you apart and measure you, and then you're alive forever in a heavenly V-Earth. That's the party line. Oh, and we won't have to worry about the climate anymore. <laughs> Quinn Desillion said Chu, not Hapagooba Wazillion. More pork rice spinach. Don't let anything touch. He shoved his empty plate across the table towards Nectar. Nectar jumped outside and jumped up and ran outside, sobbing. More, said Chu to And. And gave his son more food, then paused, thinking. He laid his sheaf of papers down beside Chu. 30 pages covered with line after line of hexadecimal code blocks. 02A1B59F, 9812D007, 70FFDEF6, like that. Read the code, he told Chu. See if you can memorize it. These pages are yours now. Code, said Chu. <laughs> His eyes fastening on the symbols. And went out to Nectar. It was a clear day with the now familiar shimmering BZ convolutions glowing through the sky. The sun was setting, melting into red and gold. Each leaf on each tree was like a tiny green stained glass window. Nectar was lying face down on the grass, her body shaking. So horrible, she choked out. So evil, so plastic. They're destroying Earth for a memory upgrade. Don't worry, said And. I have a plan. Nectar wasn't the only one who was upset. The next morning, a huge mob stormed the White House, heedless of their casualties, and they would have gotten dibs, but just when they'd cornered him, he dissolved into a cloud of gnats. <laughs> the V-Earth port had begun. By way of keeping people informed about the progress, the celestial Martian gnat sphere put up a full map of Earth with the ported regions shaded in red. Although it might take months or years to chew the planet right down to the core, Earth's surface was going fast. Judging from the map, by evening most of it would be gone. Gaia's skin eaten away by, like, micron-sized computer chips with wings. The callow face of Dick Dibbs appeared from time to time during that horrible last day, smiling and beckoning like a messiah calling his sheep into the pastures of his heavenly kingdom. Famous people who'd already made the transition appeared in the sky to mime how much fun it was and how great things were up in V-Earth. Near dusk, the house's power went out. And was on that in a flash. He had a gasoline-powered electrical generator ready in their house's attached garage, plus gallons and gallons of fuel. He fired the thing up to keep, above all, his home's air filters and wireless antennas running. He tweaked his antennas to produce a frequency that supposedly the Nance couldn't bear. Chu was oddly unconcerned with the apocalypse. He was busy, busy, busy studying On's pages of code. He'd become obsessed with the challenge of learning every single code block. By supper time, the red ported zone had begun eating into the Dolores Heights neighborhood where Onda Nectar lived in the fine big house that the Nantel salary had paid for. 
On lent their downhill neighbors, Willie's parents, an extra wireless network antenna to drive off the Nance and let them run an extension cord to On's generator. President Dibbs's face gloated and leered from the sky. 02A1B59F, 9812D007, 70FFDEF6, said Chu, when Nectar went to tuck him in that night. He had On's sheaf of paper with a flashlight under his blanket. Give me that, said Nectar, trying to take the pages away from him. Daddy, screamed Chu, a word he'd never used before. Stop her. I'm not done. Ond came in and made Nectar leave the boy alone. It's good if he learns the code, said Ond, smoothing Chu's chestnut cap of hair. That way there's a chance that... Never mind. When Nectar and Ond awoke the next morning, the house next door was gone. Maybe he set up the antenna wrong, said Ond. <laughs> All their bushes and plants were eaten too, said Nectar, standing by the window. All the neighbors are gone. And the trees. Look out there, it's a wasteland. Oh God, Aunt, we're going to die. Poor Gaia. As far as the eye could see, the pastel chaka block city of San Francisco had been reduced to bare dirt. It looked like the pictures of the town after the 1906 earthquake. Synchronicity. And instead of smoke, the air was glittering with hordes of freshly made Nants a seething fog of omnivorous, pullulating death in life. Right now, the Nants were staying away from Aunt and Nectar's house on the hill, but the gasoline supplies for the generator wouldn't last forever. And in any case, before long, the Nants would be undermining the house's foundation. Chu was in the video room watching a screen showing his friend Willie. Chu had thought to plug the video into an extension cord leading to the generator. An's dog-eared pages of code lay discarded on the floor. It's radical in here, Chu, Willie was saying. It feels real, but you know you're inside a game. It's like being a tune. I didn't even notice when the Nance ported me. I guess I was asleep. Jam on up to V-Earth as soon as you can. Turn that off, cried Nectar, darting across the room to unplug the video. I'm done with Daddy's code blocks, said Chu. I know them all. Now I want to be a Nant tune. Don't say that, said Nectar, her voice choked and hoarse. It might be for the best, Nectar, said Ond. You'll see. He began tearing his closely written sheets into tiny pieces. What is wrong with you, yelled Nectar. You'd sacrifice your son? Nectar kept a close eye on Chu that day. She didn't trust Ond with him anymore. The constant roar of the generator motor was nerve-wracking. And then Nectar's worst fear came true. She stepped into the bathroom for just a minute, and when she came out, Chu was running across what was left of their little backyard and into the devastated zone where the Nance swarmed thick in the air. And Ond, Ond was watching Chu from the kitchen door. The Nance converged on Chu. He never cried out. His body puffed up, the skin seeming to seethe, and then he popped. There was a puff of Nant fog where Chu had been, and that was all. Don't you ever talk to me again, Nectar told Aunt. I hate you, hate you, hate you. She lay down on her bed with her pillow over her head. Soon the Nance would come for her, and she'd be in their nasty fake heaven with moronic dick dibs installed as God. The generator roared on and on. Nectar thought about Chu's death over and over and over until her mind blanked out.
At some point, she got back up. Ond was sitting on the back stoop, staring up at the sky. He looked unutterably sad. What are you doing, Nectar asked him. I'm thinking about going to be with Chu, said Ond. You're the one who let the Nance eat him, heartless bastard. I thought, I thought he'd pass my code on to them. But it's been almost an hour now, and nothing is... Wait, did you see that? What, said Chu, what, said Nectar drearily. Her son was dead, her husband was crazy, and soulless machines were eating her beloved Gaia. The Trojan fleas just hatched, shouted Ond. Yes, I saw a glitch. The Nance are running backwards. Reversible computation. Look up at the sky. The scrolls are spiraling inward now instead of out. I knew it would work. Ond was whooping and laughing as he talked. Each of the Nance preserves a memory trace of every single thing it's done. And my true Trojan fleas are making them run it all backwards. Choose coming back? Yes, trust me. Wait an hour. It was the longest hour of Nectar's life. When it was nearly up, Ond's generator ran out of gas, sputtering to a stop. So the Nance get us now, said Nectar, to run out to care. I'm telling you, Nectar, all the Nance are doing from now on is running in reverse. They'll all turn back into ordinary matter and be gone. Out past to the end of the yard, there was a dense spot in the swarm of Nance. The patch mashed itself together and became, Choo! shouted Nectar, running out towards him, on close behind. Oh, Choo! Don't squeeze me, said Choo, shrugging his parents away. Same old Choo. I want to see Willie. Why don't the Nance eat me? They did, exalted Aunt. And then they spit you back the same as before. That's why you don't remember. Willie will be back. Willie and his parents in their house and all the other houses and people too. And all the plants and eventually even Mars. You did good, Chu. 70FFDEF6, huh? For once, Chu smiled. I did good.